0: Hello, it's Johnny. Your host from Johnny's Book Reviews. The site to house by you guys to go read. So go read. Before I get into the intro, I want to mention that I'll be reviewing the ten financial books I talk about in the prior episode. My journey to pay off one hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars in debt in the next couple months. Some of those books are Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Start Late, Finish Rich, and Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Your Score by Anthony Davenport. The Financial Diet by Chelsea Fagan, etc. I'm going to go more in-depth and detail on concepts like credit score, 401k, and a a high-yield saving account than I did in the prior episode. So stay tuned for that. Follow this podcast. Turn on notifications so you don't miss it. Today's episode is my review over Chip and Jonah Gaines' biography book called Magnolia Story. I'm going to discuss what I liked about the book, what I disliked about the book, and a ton of lessons I got from the book. So before we begin, let's talk about real estate. It's a really good passive income, but how do you get into real estate? You have to buy the property and deal with annoying tenants. Who wants that, really? What if you could buy into a portfolio an account that buys the properties for you and handles the tenants? Is that such a thing? Yep. It's called a real estate index fund. But I use Fundrise. As this company is one of the better real estate index funds out there, you can start as low as $5. And if you use my referral link, you get $25. HTTPS slash slash Fundrise.com slash R slash OPR. 3 zp Again, it's Fundraise.com slash R slash OPR3ZP. You'll get a $25. I'll get $25 as well, but the main point is that you're going to be setting up a real awesome real estate portfolio risk fee. You don't have to worry about the tenants. You don't have to worry about buying the property. They have properties, commercial warehouses, and multi-million dollar apartment complexes. When you invest into this account, you're buying shares specifically into those buildings and those properties that they own. Now, But once you buy or pull money into the account, it diversifies it into all the properties that they own. So again, use my referral link, sign up, and get started with real estate today. Again, my referral link is farnes.com slash R O P R 3 Z P. Again, the referral link is O P R 3 Z P R. First off, what's this book about? This book is a biography over the Gaines family, trip and Jonah Gaines and how they got big. They started their own business, flipping houses after college. They both went to Paler University and a producer noticed. They thought it was a scam, but it turned out to be real. They filmed the first pilot episode, aired it, and the rest is history. So the show is one of the top HGTV shows of all time, and it's called Fixer Upper. If you have not watched Fixer Upper, I definitely recommend it. It's a really good show. If you like carpentry, if you like decor, this is definitely one of the shows that I would check out. So Chip... Works on the carpentry, works on taking down the walls, works on the outside and inside of the house, specifically on providing a better kitchen or bedroom or taking out any area that has mold, etc. And then Joanna focuses on specifically in the inside, making the house aesthetically pleasing, wrapping it up in a nice bow for the customer so that when they see it, they're like, yes, this is the house I've I've visioned. This is what I want. They do a really good job. I, I honestly, it's crazy how authentic they are. And you can kind of sense their personality through this book. So I listened to the audiobook. It was the same humor, banter that they portray in the show as well. Uh, so both of them talk in the audiobook. So it goes from like chips perspective and he's talking to Jonah's perspective and then she's talking it felt like a podcast episode but also it kind of felt like an interview that's what I really liked and also it provided a great perspective of what the Gaines family is all about they're really authentic they don't have any real drama around their show and that's what I really like the book also discusses Chips and Jonah's family background and where they grew up also, it discusses what it's like having a business together. That's a difficult part because they have a business where they're together 24-7. So they don't ever get a break together. And I'm wondering how they're able to do it. That's, they never touched up on that in the book. It was kind of crazy. I mean, they touched up on it a little bit, actually. I'll provide that in one of the lessons. Be with someone that long like for 24 hours but i don't know maybe i've never really thought about it but anyways chip Gaines has several new business books she has made they're called capital gains the smart things i've learned by doing stupid stuff this is actually a really good book i'll review it later and then the uh, his newest one no pain no gains the good stuff doesn't come easy this is his newest one and i haven't been able to read it yet. Jonah Gaines has also several books that she has produced as well. She has several cooking recipe books called Magnolia Table 1 and 2. Everything in this cookbook actually looks fire. I don't typically cook. I love having a list. I love having a grocery list. I just honestly don't like the time I spend in a grocery store, which is usually 30 minutes to an hour And I just don't have that time anymore. And I'd rather just have someone else just make the food for me and send it to my door. I I honestly would spend that amount of money with a meal kit, like Freshly or Factor. And I decided with Factor, my first box comes in on Tuesday. I wanted to do that. I want to optimize that as best as possible because I honestly am getting sick and tired of restaurant food. Anyways, she also has a decor book called Homebody. She also has a new book coming out called "The Stories We Tell." Every piece of your story matters, and this comes out November eighth, twenty twenty two. And this this is gonna be fire. And I did not know this was coming out until I did some research over for this podcast episode. And I was like, what? So there's a lot of good books coming out. It's unbelievable. So Rolf Machio karate Kid has one coming out. It's a biography. Tom Felton, Draco Malfoy has an. Uh, new biography coming out as well order of the phoenix illustrated edition is coming out as well it starts with us by colleen hoover that's the second book it in the ends with us series is coming out as well michelle obama has a new book coming out i mean there's so many good books and then also i just realized eric thomas the hip-hop preacher just dropped a new book as well nicholas sparks is dropping one on september 20th 2022 oh my gosh this fall this year has been insane i think there's been a lot of great books without further ado i want to talk about this book specifically that she's uh, has coming out this is an excerpt from So the book is called The Stories We Tell, Every Piece of Your Story Matters. Powerful title. I love it. But here is the kind of extra in the details of the book. And this is coming straight from Amazon.com. So in her first solo memoir, New York Times bestselling author, Jonah Gaines invites us on an authentic and deeply vulnerable journey into her story and helps shine a light on the beauty of our own guiding us to release the weights that hold us back so we may live and share our story in truth. We've all dropped anchor in places that suit us for a time, a city, a perspective, a lie we mistook as truth. This book is an invitation to a kind of life where you know how to hold what you believe about yourself and the quiet worlds behind the people you pass. With gracious and open hands to see your story is greater than any past or future thing, but for all the beauty and joy and hope it holds today. It's an invitation to take stock of the chapters you've lived, the good and the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, glean what's gold and carry only that forward. Let it slow your feet and steady your life in motion so you can see where you stand today from a new point of view, no longer through wary or uncertain eyes, but a lens brimming with hope. This part is a quote from Jonah Gaines, but this is also on Amazon.com, but here it is. The only way to break free was to write my story because something would happen every time my pen stopped. It was like my soul was coming back to my body, like the deepest parts of me that got knocked around and drowned out by all the crap I let the world convince me about who I was came back to the surface. And what was left was only what was real and true. I was finally standing in the fullness of my story. I felt hopeful. I felt full. Our story may crack us open, but it also pieces it back together. Fuck, yes, amen. We all have a story to tell. It has, this happens to be mine. Every chapter, a window into who I am, the journey I'm on, and the season I'm in right now. Because this is my story, maybe you won't always relate, or maybe you'll feel like you're looking in a mirror. Whatever we have in common and whatever differences lie between us, I only hope my story can help shine a light on the beauty of yours. That my own soul work will stir something of your own. And that by the time you get to the end of my story, you're also holding the beautiful beginnings of your own. Dang. That's pretty good. A story only can you can tell, and I hope that you will. I definitely will. Definitely. I got to. Damn. But that's true. So I have a, actually a story that I got to tell. Uh, so I have a book dropping on September 30th, 2022. And it's going to be over well, how can I read when I'm so busy? So I have two jobs, Johnny's book reviews, training for 50 marathons, etc. These seven tips that I outlined in this 43 page ebook provides a lot of insight on how I'm able to do it and how I'm able to read upwards to a hundred books per year. So these are the tips that really helped me. And the big point behind the book for me is not to say, oh yeah, you need to read this amount of books. I only really care how many books you read. I do care that you provide and develop a consistent reading habit, and that's the biggest point behind the book that I'm making. I'm also producing a book. Uh, it's in the works. It's probably going to be 15 years in the the making. But I'm making a book on my journey to do a marathon in every state. I'm documenting everything. On my training what I spent on each marathon you know what was my favorite marathon what was my least favorite marathon some crazy stories during my journey and that's in the works as well but of course I got to finish all 50 marathons so that's what I'm training for and that's gonna be a big story I want to tell I hope to produce that in the next 15 years when I'm 40 Uh, we'll see that's another big one the next big project that I'm working on as well, wow. this is uh kinda crazy. It's like everyone has their own story and actually Chip Gaines says, hey, everyone should write a book. I'm like, damn, okay. I think honestly, a lot of people should write a book. I think they should tell their story. Either that being an ebook or full elf two hundred page book. I think people should write their story, and I think that's a powerful lesson in itself. My review. So <laughs> If I listened to it or read it twice, it's a good fucking book. So I really do this, but I had to for this book. I wanted something to lift me up and honestly give me motivation. A good kick in the ass, and this really helped. So the audio book is about five hours long. It's not that long, but it has a ton of lessons in the book. So That's why I really love it. It's a story of how Fixer Upper grew to where it is today. And this book has a lot of information over Chip and Joanna Gaines. So the audiobook is great because you get their authentic selves. Both of them are talking back and forth. It felt like a podcast episode or even an interview, like I said, which is why I really enjoyed it so much. Chip has the tendency to not read what's in front of him. So there's a lot of information in the book that might not be in the physical book. So the same goes with his other books he made. So definitely take a listen to the audiobook. This audiobook is just absolutely insane. I loved it. I'm actually also reading the physical copy book as well and kind of looking at both of them and they are different. And I'm also looking at excerpts and highlighting specific points of the book that I've really enjoyed. It's just One of the best biography books that I've ever read, and it's tied with Jeanette McCurdy's book. I'm glad my mom died. It's just unbelievable, and this is how you make a story, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is a a great way to make a story, and Jeanette McCurdy did it well, and Jonah and Chip Gaines did it really well as well. I don't think I would have liked it as much if I didn't start with the audiobook, so I'd start with the audiobook. Listen to the audiobook because their little talk back and forth, their conversation back and forth, really provided me a lot more interest to this couple and then really motivated me to watch Fixer Upper. And then it was the same people. I was like, damn, this is amazing. I'm seeing an authentic self-couple building this new house for this couple and or this for this person or this family. It was really cool to see that. What did I like? I mean, there was a lot of things that I loved about this book. It's a story of risk and going full send on their passion. I loved this story. I didn't know who the gains were until I read this book. Well, technically, listened to it on my brother's couch in the winter of twenty twenty one. It was kind of the start of twenty twenty one. It was the beginning. Oh yeah, it was in January of twenty twenty one. And I was homeless at the time. I didn't know where the fuck I was going with my life, to be honest with you. And this information in the book really shifted and pivoted my entire life. I didn't know. I didn't. I honestly don't know where I'd be today if I didn't read this book. Uh, honestly, it was one of the craziest books I've read. And I think the big reason why it spoke to me so much and why it's my favorite book of all time is because how impactful it was for my life it really changed it who who i was and it really made me finish grad school start johnny's book reviews with a bang a little bit more than i did the last couple of years because i was preoccupied with grad school and finishing up undergrad as well so it was kind of crazy i honestly wouldn't be where i am today if if it wasn't for this book and i'll I'll talk a little bit about that later. After I read this book, I stopped doing a lot of shit and uh, I started focusing on myself. And I really needed to do that, especially after a rough breakup, becoming homeless and trying to find who I was again. What did I dislike or what did I not like about this book? There wasn't uh, a lot of information on Fix for Upper. I was hoping for one of their favorite remodels they did, uh, what a photo day looks like, or like a photo shoot looks like, etc. Honestly, I wanted more detail on this part because the show was a big reason why they are where they are today. And they didn't provide enough detail on this specific part. If they didn't do the show, they almost said no because they thought it was a scam. I don't think Magnolia would be as huge as it is now. Honestly, I could argue I think they would not have Magnolia Market, which is a small outside mall in Waco, Texas. Maybe they would. I'm not really sure, but I don't think it would be as popular as it is now if they didn't do the show Fixer Upper. And then also Fixer Upper led to Joanna Gaines having her own cooking show, and I don't think that would have happened if it wasn't for the show. I think the show is very important and very crucial aspect in how they became so successful and i really was hoping for more information on that so what are the key lessons that i learned in this book let's begin so number one take that motherfucking tvl i listened to this part in the book and i had to take in action here's an excerpt from the book this is on chapter six White Pick Offenses, page 91 of my ebook here. So here it is. I've been asked from time to time how Chip and I managed to juggle all things we did and still do. Honestly, don't have a good answer for that. Other than that, to go back to the notion that we seem to energize one another when we're together. Although one explanation for where we find a little extra time in our days is the fact that since we got married, we've never had a TV in our own house. That is one question I always field on Twitter. Hey, man, why doesn't Joanna ever set up a TV in any of these homes? I think they're implying I need to turn in my man card. But this is actually the answer to that question. Before we get married, the two of us attended a few premarital counseling sessions with Chip's friends and one of his mentors, Brian Weathersby, and his wife, Carla. Brian had played a significant part in Chip's life as a college student. And since then, Chip sought Brian's wisdom on lots of things, Chip and I felt that applying that same logic to our marriage, getting the advice from these two trusted and seasoned marriage pros couldn't be a bad thing. We wanted to start a habit of seeking outside opinions just to make sure we're thinking about everything a new couple ought to think about as we started our new life together. One of the things Brian and Carlos suggested that was that we try to stay focused on each other and spend quality time doing things we love together, especially when we were at home. That seemed like a no-brainer to us, but they explained that being in the same house and actually interacting with each other are two different things. Sometimes it's easy for couples to get lost in their own little worlds at home, to be so focused on other things that they aren't really together, even when they're in the same room to counter that tendency brian and carla suggested we try to go the first few weeks of our marriage without a tv the idea was to find other ways to occupy our time especially in the evenings with activities we could truly share it seemed like reasonable advice and so we tried it well six months later neither one of us had the slightest urge to get a tv we never even found time to miss it All of our various projects kept us busy during the day and our evenings were pretty filled up with making dinner and finishing up the day's business, talking and dreaming together and making plans for the next day or the next week. We couldn't imagine setting aside even an hour to sit and watch TV. That's not to say we never slowed down, reading a good book, flipping through magazines, learning new card games together, taking walks together. We found a million ways to enjoy some downtime. Now, to be fair, we've caught our share of TV at our friends' homes or at our parents'. Anytime there was a big game or a fun show, we would find a way to catch it at a restaurant or make a date of it at a friend's house. So we managed to catch up on some of our favorite shows through these outlets. We've had more than 13 years now without a TV. I don't, and I don't feel like we've missed a thing. Wow. So I listened to that. In the early of 2021, again, I was in rock bottom. I was homeless. I didn't know where I was going to live in Ohio for graduate school. And I talk a little bit more about this in the Ends With Us book review. So check that episode out. But I was watching upwards to 16 hours of TV a day. It was around probably 10 to 16 hours, but I was watching a lot of TV. I didn't have any money. I failed. I experienced a rocky breakup. And to ease my pain, I would play video games and I watched movies. This led me to eat more than I should have. It was a bad cycle. So when I got a place in Ohio, I stopped watching TV, everything, streaming devices, DVDs, everything. I actually took out my TV and I threw it away. Honestly, I stopped watching it for 30 days. Man, I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I read more which established a solid reading habit that I discuss in more depth in my new book coming out on September 30th. Definitely check that out. It's going to only be available on Amazon.com. But I focus on my blog at Johnny's Book Reviews as well. I wrote roughly around 100 blogs last year. I ran my first marathon and I got in the love with the grind with that, with the running 26.2 miles. I've really enjoyed it. And then I got the idea cause I sh- couldn't shake it from my head. I was, I was thinking oh, this style in my head for a month and I, I was like, Oh fuck, should we do it? And I announced it on my Instagram page at Johnny25vm that, Hey, let's do it. Uh, I decided, and I, I'm deciding to do a marathon in every state. And that's what we're working on now. I got one in the next couple weeks. So it's going to be really exciting, actually. So I I can't wait. And I'm going to shoot for a full Iron Man as well. And I can't wait for that. So I refocus on what I love to do, which is to write, read, and exercise. I don't like watching movies or shows as I would rather focus on other things. Because of this, my results in 2021 took off. And 2022 is even better it's insane. So taking out my TV, if I could smash that thing, I, I I wish I could. I wish I did, but I actually threw it away. What you love to do and what makes you what you enjoy. So try it out. It will change the course of your life. I honestly think that taking the TV out will really help you focus on what really matters around you specifically. And I mean, you can watch TV. But just do it sparingly, and of course, right now I watch it sparingly as well. I watch a couple show or episodes and shows, or watch a movie here and there. But I don't do it to the extreme that I did before. Watch ten to sixteen hours of TV. I don't do that anymore. But I think if you take out the TV for at least just a week, you're gonna really discover what you really like to do and really focus on other aspects to fill your time lesson number two being korean so jonah jonah talks in the book about half being half korean jonah talks in the book about being half korean this is her expert and this is on page 126 in my ebook and on chapter eight down to our roots so this is it so moving was never easy for me Though this was due in part to my own insecurities, which traced back to my experiences in first or second grade back in Rose Hill, Kansas, when kids started noticing that I didn't look exactly like they did. As a small child, I never noticed there was anything different about me. I thought I looked like everybody else. And really, most people don't look at me and on me think I'm half Korean. Same with me. But in these first couple of years in elementary school, kids started picking on me because of it. The worst of it came in the lunchroom. I would get to serve the same broccoli and cheese rice to everyone else in the lunchroom was served. But a group of kids, especially this one-headed boy, would start saying things like, Oh, look at that little Asian girl eating rice. Going to the lunchroom caused me so much anxiety that I asked my mom to start packing me a cold lunch instead. The kids who ate cold lunch gathered in a separate room where it wound up just being me and a handful of other girls. I thought I was in the clear then until my grandmother came to live with for a while. started attending school events she looked like a traditional grandmother from south korea it was her first time in the united states she wore no makeup and all the children seemed to notice how different she looked from the average kansas grandma it seemed to give that group of boys more reason to make fun of me as a child i didn't know how to process all this i just felt the pain of being different and i felt it had to be something else in order to be accepted luckily kids grow out of their unfiltered phase and the torment soon just sort of went away rest of my elementary school and middle school years were pretty normal. They were fun. Getting picked on for being different was an issue I constantly carried with me as I grew. It wasn't something I worried about. I always made friends in a few years. That old fear of walking to the cafeteria stayed buried deep somewhere deep in my conscious subconscious. Moving every few years left me feeling like I could never get comfortable. Just... When I startle, started to settle in somewhere and found in my footing, I wake up and it would be time to move again. So after listening to that excerpt from Jonah Gaines in the book, I was questioning kind of my nationality. I was It really provided a question over what I thought uh, about being half Korean is all about. So I'm half Korean, I'm also Mexican, and it made me really think about high school in Maine. So in high school in Maine, so I went to a Lisbon high school in Maine, I didn't really identify myself as half Korean then, I didn't identify on any of the applications for college applications that I was Korean or Mexican, and I didn't really feel, at at that time, Korean. So I didn't say I was. Everyone around me was white. I kind of got used to it. And that was that. I mean, I kept to myself. I was really uh, a top athlete in high school. I mean, I played three sports in high school. I, don't know, I didn't really, I didn't talk I didn't talk to a lot of people around me. When I went to Denison University, I really changed. It was until 360. I talked to a lot more people. I developed a lot of negotiation skills, presentation skills, talking, sales skills and developing relationships with mentors and people in general. Also the biggest thing is like everyone around me was from a different country or state. You know, a lot of people were from Chicago, Vietnam, China, South Korea, UK, Amsterdam, Australia, and there was a lot of diversity around me, Latinos, Blacks, Koreans, Vietnamese, etc. I think that really started where I wanted to appreciate the fact that I am half Korean and that I'm also half Mexican or quarter Mexican. So after Denison, it really made me think about my heritage around being half or half Korean and quarter Mexican. How we should identify that. And I don't think I identified myself as Korean back then or Mexican because of where I grew up. I felt like, and I didn't do this consciously, I think I did this subconsciously. I just put it away. I just identified myself as white because i thought i was but now after being at denison i realized that hey i should hone this and i should state that i am half korean and that i am quarter mexican in the summer of 2021 i came back and i went to a grocery store this was the middle of nowhere actually it was like 20 minutes from auburn so I went to the grocery store, and when when I parked into the grocery store parking lot, I knew that instant in my, my mind, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to be the only tan, Asian, half Korean kid in there. and I never thought of this before, and I think because of my time spent at Kent State University and then also Denison University, where there's a lot of diversity, I, I started to realize that maine is very white i realized that at the time i think being around that really made me potentially just not identify as half korean so i was thinking when i was getting to this grocery store like hey you're you're gonna only be the only half korean in this store a lot of people are gonna be looking at you and i never thought of this before and so i went to the store opened the door and there were like 20 people in the store There was a lot of people it was like 20 to 30 people you know just because or whatnot but it just felt really weird because i felt really different compared to everyone else i know they're like not a lot of people were probably thinking bad things i'm not really sure but i just felt like a lot of people were just targeting me they're like hey maybe this guy's gonna steal something or something i don't know i, I just really got into a bad <laughs> thought process this grocery store so I just grabbed my stuff. I grabbed uh, ice cream, some steakums, whatever else I grabbed. I quickly got out of there, and I never been to that grocery store again. It's different in Auburn. You know, if I go to a grocery store in Auburn or in Portland, you know, there's a lot more diversity there. But when I go like in a different area, 40 minutes from Auburn, or even up north. I'm the only person in the store the grocery store that's tan or half Korean and I'm just looking around and everyone's staring at me I'm like okay what the fuck am I doing um I'm just like my eyes are just going in all directions and I I really hate that I I didn't really recognize it until now I think if I went back to high school I think it would have been a little different if I had that perspective I'm really glad I didn't have that perspective in high school because it allowed me to just focus on sports and focus on going to college. But also, I think I I should have owned, identified as half Korean then as well. That's my biggest thing. But that is the uh, second lesson I got through this book specifically. The third lesson I got from here is take risk. The last episode my journey to pay off $124,000 in debt in five years, I mentioned to take financial risk. This is following the same guidelines through that as well. So start your hobby and passion, and it might become your full-time job. I would say to quit your job now until your side hustle makes about the same money you make at your job. I would also advise you to get enough money saved to be able to make that initiative. Tori Dunlop from the Financial Feminist podcast and her first 100K didn't quit her corporate job until she saved that amount, $100,000. Some people just go full sending it. So, Jonah Gaines and Chip Gaines actually just started their own business right off the bat, right after they got out of college. And so, this is what Jonah Gaines has to say about it on page 84. And this is in chapter five, opening up. So, I was just starting to panicking. No one's ever going to come. Why is no one here? Chip and I had done the math. I needed to make at least $200 a day in order to pay the mortgage and insurance and electricity. That was $200 every day we were open just to stay afloat without any profits. I was working hard, getting everything ready that I had not stopped to think about what might happen if my store or the store didn't make that much money. I was close to a complete nervous breakdown thinking, what if this doesn't work? Then just after 10 o'clock, a Hummer pulled into the parking lot. Followed by a Mercedes, followed by a Suburban, and then a BMW. All these rich women showed up out of nowhere. There were doctors and lawyers' wives, stay-at-home moms and grandmothers who loved the shop and who did their best to make their homes feel nice. It turned out they will be watching my little shop come together during the renovations. They've been eagerly anticipating my opening day for weeks, and it seemed that my idea of bringing a New York-style boutique experience to a home decor store Wasn't far-fetched at all. There was a lot of people in town who were excited for it. And my first day open, we made $2,800. Damn, that is crazy. So, honestly, Trona Gaines really went full send. She opened up her store and took the risk. A lot of financial risk, actually. Didn't know really what was going to happen specifically. And then it just blowed up. She made a lot of profit, specifically on that first day, and it just went and skyrocketed from there. And I think also getting a show, specifically over flipping houses, really helped them out. And really, you know, that was a big risk for them, but it turned out to be uh, a really good turnout for them. They turned uh, a market, a Magnolia market, so they bought two silos, and around that two silos, they've built a mall, a cafe a wiffle ball park a store a decor store a clothing store etc where there's actual local companies that are at these stores that was a big risk as well tremendously the biggest thing that i learned is you got to take risk i i wouldn't advise doing the full send risk going full send into a business that might not work for these like retail stuff, retail opportunities, like a restaurant business, sometimes you just got to go full send on it. That's the one exception where I say, hey, you might not be able to save enough money because you might just have to do it now because the opportunity is now. Sometimes you have that opportunity where you just have to do it. And I think this was occurred in Joanna Gaines' perspective and her, whatever happened, or what happened in her life was that this opportunity was right now and she had to take that risk. And she did. But that, yeah, that was the third lesson I got from it is that you got to take risk, not only financial risk, but also entrepreneur risk. So everyone has some entrepreneur kick inside them. We're born to be creative, let it out, and it might become a business. It starts when we're young. What's the one thing that you did when you were young? For me, I read constantly. I stopped a couple years in college, but then I got the kick again. I started reading and I formed Johnny's Book Reviews in my senior year at Denison. I thought it would be cool to inspire people to read, and that's the mission through Johnny's Book Reviews. And so, this is another excerpt from the book. This is on page 97, chapter 6, White Pick Offenses. So I wonder sometimes if we know ourselves a lot better than we think we do when we're children. We get into our teen years and college years and so many of us let our others redefine who we are or we get lost along the way and we have no idea what we really want to do with our lives. That's really true. And I think for me specifically, that really occurred. I didn't really know really what I wanted to do. And then in grad school, it really started to focus in on what i wanted and then when i failed my test two times for becoming an athletic trainer which is like physical therapy i realized that my passion wasn't in athletic training anymore i realized this too when i got a job at a a bookstore and i realized that my passion is to inspire people to read to be able to help people read more and to be able to help people read when they're busy etc and that's really what I really strive for in my mission through Johnny's Book Reviews. And I think that's really what developed through my my child years, as well as growing up as a teen. So for me, this is back in the book. This is page again, 97, chapter 6, White Picket Fences. But once we finally figure it out, often it seems easy to look back into our childhoods and find a few cl- clues that say, hey, maybe you were heading that direction all along. Yeah, because for me, like... I specifically read everywhere. I read anywhere that I could. And when I was a kid, I would take home like 10, 20 books from the library, read majority of them. Some books that I hated, I stopped reading and never picked them up again. I didn't realize that I was developing a rule that I have is the couple page rule where if, hey, in a couple pages, if you don't like the book, put that fucker down. You don't need to continue reading it and that's what i say with majority of books like i read the dune books i actually read the dune graphic novel and i couldn't get into it a lot of people hate me for it hey it is what it is i couldn't get into it and so i'm not ever going to read the dune novel because i just couldn't get into a graphic novel let alone the actual novel no that's not going to happen So for me, or this is back in the book again. For me, the entrepreneurial spirit was always there. During my young years in Wichita, Kansas, my mom worked at a little gift shop owned by one of her friends. After school, my two sisters and I would go there while she worked. And I would would always play store. I would sit there and pretend that I was working the cash register. I would have my sisters bring stuff up to the counter. And I would wrap it. I love doing that. Even when we would go home, I would set up my whole room like a store and then have fake customers come in. At one point, I had a set of Lee press on nails. And I, make, and I would make my sisters come in like customers to a spa. I was thinking about ways to make money. So I would basically make my sisters pay me for whatever they were buying, even if it was only a dime. So, yeah, the entrepreneur spirit it starts when we are little kids. I honestly think everyone has an entrepreneur spirit. And I think you should just kick it off. Whatever you were doing in your childhood, whatever you are doing as a teen, there's clues in those periods of time where your body's pushing you toward that area. For Jonah Gaines, it was retail. It was helping people specifically with decor and helping people get the best decor in their house. And then also... Providing an aesthetic pleasing environment for their customer. Providing the best satisfaction toward that customer. And that's what Joanna Gaines really was striving for. And those clues came from her childhood. And for me, it came from constantly reading and developing that reading habit over the last... 10 15 years of my life i will talk a little bit about that my book coming out september 30th 2022 or discuss you know how i'm able to read how i'm able to read a lot more and again i have a lot of things going on how am i able to do it and you guys will be able to find out in that book yeah that's the third lesson damn powerful lesson in itself and i think this is one of my favorite ones i love entrepreneurship I love the idea of taking a risk and going full send on it. I could talk about entrepreneurship for a while. Number four. This is a very important lesson, and this is sometimes you don't have to do your college major as a career. So Gianna and Chip Gaines both got college degrees at Baylor University. They both did something they did not major in. They both built a business, made a reality TV show, and built a national brand that many colleges don't teach you. Jonah did major in communications while Chip majored in marketing, both things that they dabbled in while building Magnolia, but they don't focus on those majors heavily in their business anymore. Jonah's focus is decor, while Chip's is to remodel houses. The communication major might have helped with the show, but I don't think you learn in communication classes on how to make a show and make it as authentic as possible to the audience. So what What does this mean sometimes a path or dream drifts you in another direction and you have to take that risk and go in that direction it might be something you really enjoy and you might just need to focus on it a hundred percent here's the thing this is what happened to me i went to school for six years to become an athletic trainer and to become an athletic trainer you not only have to get a graduate level degree you also have to pass an exam and this exam is very important because if you don't pass the exam you can't become an athletic trainer i went in tried to pass my exam the first time i failed studied two to three hours every day for the second exam bombed it i i did it even worse than the first exam and then at that moment after i took it after i got the results i was at sebago lake in maine i started bawling my eyes out i didn't know what I was going to do. But then a couple days later, I knew what my trajectory was going to be. I knew it. This is going to be it. I had to take six months of break to kind of figure out what I wanted to do specifically if I wanted to study or if I wanted to focus heavily on reading and Johnny's Book Reviews and promoting this business a lot more. And so I took that time. And what really ultimately happened was I knew at that time frame, if I was going to take the break, I wasn't going back to athletic training. Hands down, I wasn't going back to that career. I knew it. My family didn't know, and they don't know that I'm not going back to athletic training. That simple as that. And the big reason behind it is because I love books and reading books so much. I didn't know that I would have so much fun specifically with that and trying to inspire people to read. And that's what I do. Not only at Johnny's Book Reviews, but also at the bookstore. And so I I started working at the bookstore around the time that I was taking these exams. And I failed both of them. And then ultimately, while working at the bookstore and then also working at Johnny's Book Reviews, both of those align. They help me not only get better with johnny's book reviews but also they help me at the bookstore for example i had uh one girl come to me a customer come to me she had a tom Felton draco malfoy backpack on and i knew instantly right before she asked me i was like she's gonna ask me about the draco malfoy book coming out tom Felton's new book and then she did she's like hey uh do you know where the tom felton draco malfoy book is and i'm like yeah it's not here yet it comes out on october 18th 2022 so uh yeah come back it it should be really good i'm really excited for it etc i instantly knew because i have researched and kind of prepared for it of you know specifically on book releases over the next couple months top ones that i am really interested in that i have announced on you know, my Facebook as well as on my Instagram. And it just aligns and makes my better job easier at the bookstore. And that's what I really like. You know, not only working at Johnny's Book Reviews, but also working at the bookstore, it makes it so much easier. And that's the thing. Like, that's what I had to decide on because if I went for athletic training and then went to Johnny's Book Reviews, like, those two things don't align. They're not connected at all. So I go from athletic training and then I got to transition my entire mindset toward another thing. For me, that would make me burned out. That would make me not want to do what I really want to do, which is Johnny's book. It's going to make it easier. It's going to make me want to read. It's going to make me want to really do and drive a lot more reviews specifically for Johnny's book reviews and help inspire people to read. And that's ultimately why I decided to go into this career at the bookstore and then also at Johnny's Book Reviews. Cause it lines, it it makes it so much easier to do my job. I absolutely love it. And I don't regret making that decision at all. Also the thing about college, holy shit. I mean, you have to decide. If you're going to go into college, you have to decide right now, if you need to or want to go. Ultimately from my experience, I really wanted to be an athletic trainer didn't turn out to be of course i wasted or potentially took six years of my time studying when i could have been done doing something else but i can't change that that's fine all right i'm 25 now i just gotta learn from that and progress forward if you're at the period of time where you're kind of deciding on if you want to go to college or not really think about it. Is this really what you want to do? And then also, if you're thinking of going to grad school, really think about it because you're gonna be taking out a lot of loans and it's gonna fuck you up financially. Do you really want to take that risk or not? Are you gonna go into that career or not? It's ultimately really important questions you gotta ask specifically because college is getting more expensive while the career or the job pay is not that, doesn't increase, it's not increasing. The typical average job out of college is usually around $40,000, typically. Doesn't mean that you won't get more, but also some people make 35, it depends. Also, there's some people that don't go even in college and make triple figures. For college specifically, is you have to, really decide on what you're going to do and if you don't know specifically i would just say take a break figure it out or go to community college which is far cheaper and a less expensive option than going to a private school or a public school even and then if you like the biggest thing too is like if you have a full ride scholarship like I had a full ride scholarship I went to Denison University and I have no regrets going there I would do it again in a heartbeat because I went to a school that ultimately in four years would have cost me around three hundred thousand dollars and I came out with only forty thousand dollars in debt that's pretty good and then The thing is, grad school was far less per year, per semester, yeah, than Denison. And I still came out with more debt at Kent State or for grad school than I did at Denison, which is insane. But yeah, if you have a full ride scholarship, you have a good final trade package at that school, private, public, whatever it is, I would go. If you're not going to take out a lot of loans, I would definitely go. It's easier to pay off $30,000. Why do I need to go to college? And what am I going to study in college? Am I going to do that career in college, etc. And so that's number four, the lesson number four over college. I could talk about this again for a long period of time. I could rant on it. I have a lot of opinions specifically on college, especially grad school. But I'm not going to disclose a lot of those opinions in this episode. Wow, such a powerful book. This is one of the best biographies that I've ever read. Uh, It's tied with Janet McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. It's tied at that spot. So if you haven't listened to my review over that book, Jenna McCurdy's book, definitely check it out. It's episode seven. Thank you guys for listening. Support this channel as it will help give me better equipment for this podcast. So you can support me at anchor.fm slash Johnny's book reviews slash support. So so you can support. The lowest is $0.99 or a dollar, and the highest is $9.99. Uh, this will help me get better equipment specifically for this podcast as I hope to not only provide better reviews for you guys, but also get some authors on here as well. Yeah, the link again is anchor.fm slash reviews slash support. And then for daily updates on what I'm reading, check out my Instagram and Goodreads page at johnny's book reviews for updates on my blogs and this podcast and then also anything that I'm reading as well, check out my Facebook page at Johnny's Book Reviews. Also drop the written blog, Over My Journey to Pay Off Debt, $124,000 in debt at Johnny'sBookReviews.com as well. So if you go to Johnny'sBookReviews.com, click on blogs and then go scroll all the way down to my action steps from the books I review. And my link for my journey to pay off $124,000 in debt in five years should be there as well. You can check out my Facebook page. I also provide a link to the blog on there as well. But you can also go to the magnifying glass in the right-hand corner of the site at Johnny Spoke Reviews. And you can type it in as well. And you should be able to find it. All right. That's it for the review. Hopefully, you guys liked it. That's over. Magnolia Story, again, by Chip. And Jonah Gaines. I'm really excited for the new Jonah Gaines book that's coming out, and I am going to be reviewing that as well. All right, I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you guys for listening again. Have a good one.